This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, we should say hosts, but also realtors with Oakland Realty in Vancouver. And today is the first show of 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, you're back from the beach. I'm back. You're back. It's uh, it's good to be back. I feel like as you were away, I was away as well. Yeah, it was. I'm glad to be back. Great time though. Great yeah. time away. Good. I am just going to say... It's amazing when even if you take like I was gone a week. Yeah. Uh, if you take that week and and I'm so excited about 2024. It's like I'm so ready to, to hit it. the ground running. Yeah. You need it. It's I know. great to get away and it's uh, I'm I'm excited to be back. That's how I feel. And I I got back last night at about 3:30 in the morning and it doesn't matter how incredible the place is that you're visiting. Still when you get home to Vancouver it's always like, "Oh man, the air, the everything. I'm like, oh, it's good. Coming in over the bridge. Even the airport. Like my, yeah. I spent a decent amount of time in a number of airports. And we, as we're walking through Vancouver YVR, I'm like, I can't wait to get home. And my kid's like, not, we should, man, this is the best airport out there. Like, really? Yeah. Hashtag plus. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, but you know what? We've got a fantastic show. We've got Alex McFadgen program. I hope I pronounced that right. He was giving me the gears last time I said it. But, I think uh, you nailed it. He's, he's a good friend and a uh, friend of the show. He is the owner of Flow Mortgage Co. Prolific uh, content producer. Amazing mortgage broker. He yeah. kind of works throughout Western Canada, but really high volume guy who works really well with clients, investors, first-time home buyers, but he really he gets investing, which is what's exciting. Yeah, about. you know what? I think the one of the reasons I think it's so exciting to have Alex on the show is especially as a first show is he's one of these guys where you're like, "All right, you did how many ends this yeah. week and you produced a podcast and you did 400 Instagram videos and your team has grown by four people and he's yeah. doing so many things and scaling so quickly. It's just like, okay, what's your process, man? Like, this let is us a behind good, the curtain. This is a good segue for what we're talking about today because it is the first episode of 2024 and we are talking about goal setting, systems, mindset. mindset. This is very much an inspirational episode for the first episode of 2024. And Alex is a great guy to have talking about he, how to get ready he, for this. He year. led us behind the curtain a little bit here. And I think everyone's going to be better for it. Yeah, for sure, Matt. But before we get to our conversation with Alex, Matt, a couple uh, housekeeping items, I should say. Have, have you done your goal setting yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in November. Oh, okay. So you're... <laughs> Really, <laughs> I was doing mine while I was away, but it's a uh, it is a it's a good time to kind of refresh. I heard a, I, I listened back. We should we should really talk about it at some point over the course of this next month. But getting your goals ready for purchasing real estate in Vancouver 
earn the lower mainland for 2024. This is going to be probably high priority on a lot of people's lists that listen to the show. They're going to want to get into the market or, or at least get a revenue property potentially somewhere in Canada or North America this year. So how do you do that? Right. Right. And, uh, and the other thing I was listening to on the, on the drive over again was Atomic Habits. You know what? Last episode of 2024 Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, I just talked to Corey about end of the year, like 2023 wrap. Right. And I did his, the all famous six pack set of questions. And he said as the book, he had two, but one of them was Atomic Habits. And he said, now that's his every end of year. He watches Sopranos at Christmas. He reads Atomic Habits. I feel like that's a, you know, the one thing is I was actually and listening to him on uh, Peter Atia's show, The Drive. But the one thing that was interesting, and I don't think this is actually James Clear's, I don't think this is his, but something he said stuck with me. The, know your ABZs or ABZs, depending on where you live. But, right. Uh, the idea is, is you, you got to understand one is, is what you want. So that's A. Yeah. B is is how you're going to get there and Z is is where you're going to get. But you have to know the end. Oh. So it's not really like know your why. It's like know your Z. <laughs> know your Z. All right. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, no, cuz you had an idea of taking Vancouver real estate, yes, and Atomic Habits and mashing it into a Vancouver real estate podcast episode. Yes. And I think we're going to we're going to We're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it. it. It's your brainchild, but uh, I'm I'm game. All right. Game. Well, hey, um before we get to this conversation with Alex Matt, we should say we've got the sold plan and today is sponsored by Scalina Real Estate, our real estate company. Right now, we are qualifying for a top 1% team in the lower mains. And mainland. we're not talking 2024. This is, yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. banged out a deal on day one. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, 2023. I think the results are in 2023. Top 1%. Yeah. Currently qualifying for President's Club, which is really exciting. Top 1%. Yeah. Uh, but you're saying currently like as if it's going to get taken away. It might. I'm always nervous. <laughs> I always feel like in January, they're like, ah, oh, you so know what? Revising on January 14th or something. Something? So here it is. We're definitely in the top 2%. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But currently President's Club, our team. Yeah. So that's exciting. Very exciting. If you want to have your property listed on our site, which is Vancouver Real Estate Podcast site and Scalina Real Estate, of course, high exposure, high exposure for sure. We also are, of course, having the sold plan, which is our most downloaded document to date. That's right. The sold plan is available to everyone at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You hit sell with us and you get an immediate download or you go VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com slash sell and you can get it there. I feel like we've had pretty positive feedback. Yeah, very positive feedback. And we're actually, we're, we're going to be renewing it this year. Again, most downloaded document. Can't wait. If you want to get it, sign up for free on our site. Just click Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, sell with us. And uh, yeah, direct download. Absolutely. But uh, maybe, Adam, without further ado, we should cut to our talk with Alex McFadgen. As a, as a start to the year, I, there's no better episode. Yeah. And uh, we should say this was recorded in late November. Late so November. If there's anything that we say. Um, well, one thing I will say, and I, I was wondering if we get to this, but we didn't. But as a final thought, if anything... I'm more optimistic about 2024 now than when we talked to Alex and I was feeling pretty good then. You you were mean about the the pace of the market? About the pace of the market, about where we're at. Uh, yeah, I just, um, I'm feeling really good and excited. And I think that's, uh, everyone I talk to feels the same way. So this is an exciting start for 2024. Can't wait. 
This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. We're here with Alex McFadden. He is the owner of Flow Mortgage Co. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing, I'm doing amazing. How did I do on your name? Because to be honest, I thought it was F-A-Y-D-E-N, but now I'm just realizing it's F-A-D-Y-E-N. Almost everyone does that. Everybody does that. But you did, you did really good. I mean, ultimately, I usually get McFadden, right? McFadden, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how most people look at it and see it. And it's interesting to note that everyone reads it. And I've got people who write down my name and then they still send it to me differently or they say it and then they write it down differently. It's, yeah, it's... I feel like your last name is either the best name for Google or the worst name for Google. Go with number two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what's the background for your name? Is that... Uh, Hold Scottish. on, I'm gonna... No, no, no. Nordic country, right? I like where you're going with it. <laughs> uh, Thor sounds much more... <laughs> Scottish is, is what it is. Oh. And uh, my grandfather changed the last name. So to make it even more fun, it was originally spelt differently. And he's like, I don't want it to be the same as everybody else. So I'm going to throw in a Y at the end there. It was D-D-E-N. And then he threw D-Y-E-N. Wow. Yeah. He hasn't told me why. Well, he never will, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he, he changed it up. So he, he, the only thing I ever found was that it was he wanted it to be different. Huh. We're, we're people with a name that doesn't really exist as well. Yeah. Like it was... Uh... Was, was I mean, small to, staircase in Italian, apparently. Which uh, is not... <laughs> Look into it. Uh, Alex, can you maybe tell people, our listeners, a little bit about yourself? Well, where do we start? Everywhere I go, I bring my dog. And, right. Uh, He's here right now. He is. Unfortunately, a little accident under the table. <laughs> yeah. I promise you, that's not normal. That's not normal. <laughs> you know, the, I start with that, the, the pug thing. For people who don't mo- know me, they're probably going to be a little bit confused by that, but... Uh, the mortgage pug. Yes, the mortgage pug. I've got three pugs and uh, I live in Langley, BC, which is far away as we've learned. <laughs> and both, we, we had a good conversation about that when you came out to see me. Yeah, it only took me 45 minutes though. But yeah, today the bridge was closed. So you were Last. running a little bit longer. Yeah, reverse direction is a little different coming to Vancouver. I can see why no one comes out uh, our way, but comes back this way. The mortgage pug. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a that's a big part of, uh, has been a big part of my brand and and business for going on eight years at this point right now. And and I know that doesn't really tell you a lot about me, but it 
perhaps gives you a little bit of and do people do you do you get a lot of dog owners is there like a, i feel like that's people with dogs like people is that dogs. right it's true it's true so my my theory is this i'm not very funny yeah but my dog is cute and he's funny looking uh-huh so yeah. that makes up for all of my you know short sights on the funny side wow man i've never talked about my dogs but this seems like a yeah you're but dogs, i'm too funny i'm i'm really funny though <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes up for it. This is a podcast, so they can't even see my dog. And so the two don't mix together very well, unfortunately. So, but where where do we start? You said a little bit about me. So I've got three pugs. I live in a a house with my wife in in Langley, uh, run a mortgage company, recently launched this one in particular, but in the industry since 2011. So it's been a few years at this point right now. We have a team, there's uh, uh, five of us on the team uh, at this point right now. And and, uh, we're thankful to have the opportunity to help out hundreds of families every single year doing what we do. Nice. And and so how how did you get into real estate? So I played soccer with a guy who was a mortgage broker. And uh, I don't think he brokers anymore, but I think he does real estate still at this point right now. And uh, one day he pulled me aside and he says, Alex, do you own a home? I said, no. He said, all right, let's go buy you a house. And uh, he basically convinced me to submit documents to him to get a mortgage application in place. And within two weeks, I had bought my first property. Uh, with a $10,000 down payment for $200,000 in Langley. And then after that, he said, I really like you. You should work with me. And so I signed up. It took me a while to do the course because I wasn't really sure. And I had no idea still after that. What were, you, what were you doing at that point? Playing that soccer. Time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't try and find that. I was, uh, I was going to, uh, I went to Quantlin. I was going through Quantlin part-time and still working full-time for Telus Mobility at the time. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's sort of a totally different track. Yes. Yeah, very different, very different. So it did take, it took a, you know, I'd say probably eight months to a year to to, to fulfill the the course and the obligations because honestly, I wasn't really sold on it either. I had, we did that in two weeks, right? And I closed in three weeks on that property. And I was, you know, I, I got, became more and more excited as the year came on because it happened so quickly. No wonder that, he liked you so much. That was a quick hard. deal. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. guy's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked with him for about, Two years, you know, I love the guy, super nice dude, but there wasn't anything in the way of training. It was, hey, Alex, go find clients who need mortgages or otherwise go play soccer with people and ask them if they want to buy a house. And, uh, it, you know, it didn't end up panning out. And so I actually hung up my license for about a year in the end of uh, 2013. And, and part of that was because my wife wanted to go back to school full time. We had a car loan, we had a mortgage, we had all the things. And when you're making 35,000 bucks a year, it's a little bit hard to, right. to keep that up. And so I left for a year. And, you know, I, I, I don't talk about this a lot, so I will. Yeah. Um, I, I hit uh, a very deep depression at the end of 2014. It was kind of like late 20s at the time, mid to late 20s. And looking around, all my friends are finished university, finished school. And I'm like, okay, I'm accomplished. I have a house, I have a car, but wasn't happy in my career. And by that time, I left my, my job, signed up with another company. It wasn't what I was thinking. And uh, yeah, hit a, hit a tailwind. And it went into a really, really dark space. And then I ended up in the hospital with, uh, with pneumonia. And uh, had no idea it was that deadly and uh, almost took me out. So I was there for, for uh, quite some time. And, uh, wow. you know, when you're sitting on the, the bed there, drugged up, you start thinking all sorts of crazy thoughts, some coherent, some not, but some of them are, do I really want to be this unhappy all the time? And so, and, and so were you, so this is um, the depression hits while you're a mortgage broker or in the year off. It was in my year off. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't so much about being or not being that it was, you know, I, I, I felt like I gave up and uh, I, I just had inner feelings of doubt, a lot of negativity and just sadness. 
And um, yeah, it was in a dark space. I wasn't fun to be around at all huh. at that time. This is just an interesting part of this story because, you know, you're big on social media. You know, we were excited to talk to you about mindset today. And I had no idea this was part of your trajectory that, you know, I kind of thought you're, you strike me as the type of guy who hits the ground running, very organized, kind of systems focused, high energy. This is really surprising. I, I don't even know. I guess maybe, maybe to come back to it is, first of all, the TELUS thing is surprising to me. I, you strike me as a really kind of entrepreneurial spirit, kind of fundamentally. And then starting and kind of stalling, what changed, I guess, from then till till now was like how how important was mindset? Presumably, oh. it was it was fairly important. Well, I mean, it, 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 there's obviously a lot of people that talk about it. You have to go through uh, something difficult, something challenging, something hard, so that you can understand what it's like to hit a a, a bottom, a place that you don't want to be, and then you make a decision at that time: where do I want to be? Who, how do I want to feel? And some people choose the positive route, and some people choose, in in many cases, a negative route. So the end of the day, it was, uh, it was, it was massively impactful, you know, making that decision. My wife supported me. I left my job the day after I got out of the hospital, called them and said, I'm not coming back in. And I, I took two to three months to my, myself to, to figure out what I wanted my life to look like. And, and, uh, I made the decision to get back into, to brokering, which no one says is going to be, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting. Cause what were you doing then when you left brokering? I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to name the, the company, yeah. but I was working as a, a sales associate for a company and it was unrelated to either of the, the positions I had before. And it was, it, was it the feeling that like, did you feel like you were floundering like compared to the people around you? Is that what you kind of attribute just feeling down about? Unfulfilled. 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 I didn't see a future. It wasn't in anything I was interested in. I had no passion for it. It was just all of the things together, combined with going through your personal life and experience and, you know, not being in a good space financially, all of these things together. You know, a lot of people don't know this about me as well. I've been probably fired from more jobs than most people would uh, ever. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Virtually. I can't believe you didn't lead with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you guys a lot of things. <laughs> but that makes sense. I mean, because you're, because you're, you're very entrepreneurial. Like, I mean, I feel like you'd be a, I'd be, I, I actually, feel like you'd be a tough guy to have work for someone because you'd want to be the boss, I feel like, or, yeah. or you'd want to be calling the shots. You, you wouldn't, you don't strike me as a good employee necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a good employee to myself most of the time. The one thing that's always served me and we're talking about mindset is, is that, you know, go first mentality. You know, they say ready, aim, fire. Well, I, I, I do this. I go fire, 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 fire again. Okay. Now, now I'm going to go and aim all right, let's go get ready a little bit. Now I'm going to keep firing again. And, and then I go back to it. And that works out in many cases, uh, amazingly, when you run your own business and you have an opportunity to be entrepreneurial because you have as many opportunities as the, the pain that you're willing to go through. So thankfully, I went through some pain and I said to myself, well, if that's the worst space I can be, or, or well, maybe at the time, then everything is up from here. Everything looks amazing. So it, it became, everything became so much easier. Mm. So, you know, on that road, I, that two months off, I, Every day, all I did was research things. What should I do this? Should I do that? What, I, what is the worst thing that could ever happen? And Tim Ferriss actually was the first thing that turned me on to like the concept of what is the worst thing that could happen? And he has a concept and I don't know that it's a concept, but he talks about it in a podcast and he says, if you're ever worried about doing something, just imagine, imagine everything possible went wrong. You know, like you end up on the streets, you have no clothes on your back, you have no food. Could you come back from that? And if the answer is yes, then do it. And so, so listening to that made me say, okay, 
let's let's do this again and let's do this differently. And so that's that's what got me back on my feet. So what were you doing wrong the the first the first time and what what was the epiphany of how to change it? Yeah. So it was it was it was my ability and desire to seek out what I needed to have success. I looked at it and said, "Hey, this guy did it this way, so I've got to follow what he did and not to his fault, but I was not made to follow the same line. And at the time, I didn't necessarily know or have the desire to seek out other, you know, programs or coaching or different people. And and so not really having that wide uh, scope of opportunities and or ideas in my head, I just didn't know what to do or where to go. And coming back in 2015, you know, I, I, I <laughs> the guy that I signed up with and, and th- you know, I'm thankful for him and every opportunity he gave me. The difference there was, he wasn't independent. He was part of a brokerage, which allowed me then be around other people and see the different ways that people do things. Uh, but also at that time, I mean, a lot's happened in, in a year or two years from 20, you know, 13 to 15. You know, there were there were podcasts dedicated. You know, a friend of mine, his name is Scott. He ran a podcast that he started in 2015. Yeah, dedicated right. to Scott Peckford. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So he, he started up this podcast about like, you know, interviewing successful people. And I'm like, oh man, I'm paying attention to every single thing this guy's saying. There's just more available on YouTube and coaching and Facebook. And and then it, at the time, you know, it, it ultimately, as I mentioned, it was a, a desire, the willingness, the, okay, I'll do everything it takes now. So ultimately, what changed? Everything. And and do you think you're a better broker for it? Like, do you think the, fa- like the, the first round of failure was really what's, what's been the driving force to build what you've built? I would argue that I could put up with more pain in business than, than most people that I, I personally know, not everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell people that, that, you know, especially younger people in the industry or people who are starting any business, any, whether it's real estate, we talked to lots of new agents and lots of new people that are uh, coming into the business. I love mentoring, I love coaching, I love sitting down with people saying, how do we rip this apart and say, you know, what are you doing? And we always talk about the why, but I, the question that I ask is how much pain are you willing to go through to get where you want to go? And if you look at the people who are quote unquote, you know, seeing or dealing with this, the actual success that you want to be having, assuming it is what you want to have, they've probably dealt with more pain than you. And so, so what is that version of your pain? And that was what I, I had felt like I had gone through and I had no idea at the time I was going to go through a lot more to, to even continue to progress in the career and, and personally and professionally too. And, and just to be clear, when you, when you're talking about pain, like, is it rejection? What, what is that? What is pain for somebody out there who's like, works at TELUS? Yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, no, but literally, I mean, just a different type of, yeah, you know, I mean, the doesn't understand of, what that actually would look like. Okay. So, so when I left my job, I, I didn't have any money and uh, my wife was going to school full time. She worked as a, a, a server at the time. And I had, had not refinished my, my course and, and all I had was a line of credit. And so there was the pain of knowing that I'm going to have to tell, and she made the decision with me. So there's nothing against her and she supported me. So everything to her in this case is that we're going to be eating pretty lean for the next, I don't know how long. I have no idea. We're not going on vacations. We're not going on trips. We're saying no to friends. We're saying no to going out for drinks. We're doing all the social stuff is we're eating dinner at home first and then we go out and we're not going to a bar. And if we are, we're having like soda. You know what I mean? Like, and for a lot of people, but you know, in your late twenties, like that's for most people, that's socially a big deal. And it was a decision, quote unquote. So that pain, socially mm-hmm. speaking, right? Emotional pain, like you mentioned, like starting over again, it's, um, it, it is rejection, right? Well, how many people are you willing to talk to every single day and get rejected till you get to a yes? And it's crazy because in my mind, like that's nothing to me, like it doesn't bother me at all. But at the time it probably did. It was very stressful. 
how many meetings are you willing to go to where you you have a, a conversation, you say something really stupid and people look at you funny and then <laughs> you shove it up knowing you're walking away and, and basically just bombed that meeting. But if you can go through that, you know, 20 times a week or 30 times a week, then you can deal with the embarrassment and emotional pain and and everything that goes along with that, that you can put yourself into a better space. And, you know, there's there's more to it than that, obviously, but it's just... That's where it starts. And then, and then there's the mistakes of, hey, listen, we're dealing with someone's biggest financial decision, the number one asset, number one debt that they're ever going to make. And, they, and this is a different conversation, but there is not good training for most people. There, is, there are some options now that they're getting way better than they were then. But the, the type of training that, that was available when I started for someone to be able to advise someone on a, on a million dollar purchase and a, a three quarters of a million dollar mortgage or more in many circumstances, even if it's a half million dollars, whatever that is, there's not good training. How do you deal with the emotion of people there, especially if it's your first, second, third time advising someone? Mm-hmm. That? And mm-hmm. so dealing with that, dealing with rejection from every different angle and the pain associated with that, right? So, so you name it, there was pain everywhere. But if you're willing to go through every single little bit of pain and, and look at that and say, okay, what did I do wrong? Okay, it's not that I did something wrong, but I could have done it better. So where do I do that? So there's, there seems to be two things that happen. There's this, there's a broker that is mentoring you that has maybe stylistically your goals don't align or how, how you intend to get business or even operate as a broker do, 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 does not align. And then at the same time, there's this proliferation of like resources that other brokers are putting into the world with like podcasts and YouTube videos and training. You essentially find your tribe. Right? Yeah. And, and so... I guess in thinking about mindset in a lot of ways, can you talk about like, because the more I learn about mindset, the more I learn that it's learned, you know, like that there's, there's a, there's like a real, like, like discipline, you learn discipline. You're not like, it's not something that you're inherent. Yeah. Yeah. So can, can you talk about maybe going from somebody who, who is deeply depressed, ends up in the hospital, really, really sick to deciding that you're going to turn it all around and, and just that, that part of the journey. How bad do you want it? And that's, that's where it started. It was, how bad do I want this? By the end of that first year back, I was not also earning very much money. Yeah. And looking at my wife and I said, I remember this very clearly at the end of 2015, because that was the year I, I came back and I said to my wife, I said, this is my year. I'm, I am going to make this. And if I don't, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure I get the family back on track. And I had to, I had no choice in my head. I gave myself zero, zero options. That was it. Go all Mm -hmm. in on everything. And so I guess give yourself no plan B, which some people disagree with, you know, Hey, have a plan B, have a backup. Nope. Didn't work for me. I knew my personality type. I couldn't give myself a backup plan at that point. Right. Right. But it's funny because a lot of people, I feel like this is something not everybody would agree with. A lot of the most successful people in the industry that I come across, it's like, yeah, there's a, there's a starting place that is around, I've run out of options and I'm in a place of despair <laughs> where you, it's like, how bad do you want it? How much pain am I willing go, to go through? Because the alternative is is very hard to figure out in, in a lot of ways, like that beginning place, right? It's actually like not hitting rock bottom suggests like a drug or alcohol thing to me. But in in some ways there is like a, Okay, this is this is it. There's I'm run out of options. Well, and every, everybody has their own version of rock bottom, like you mentioned, and 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 I've heard stories of of in in your mind might have been way further down 
it doesn't matter what yeah, another person's version of rock bottom is. And that's what we try to, we get into this world of, oh, I have to compare to this person or compare to that person. So to start off from a mindset perspective, it's it's not about what someone else's happy place or bad place is. It's, it's what you determine that as mm. because you only know your own experience and your own feelings, right? You're right. Yeah, a lot of people I've talked to, uh, I've talked to some who who didn't have that experience. Right. Many, many people who didn't and are, are wildly successful in what they do. But you know, you have to just kind of recognize who you are and, and what your path is and then make a conscious decision to say there is no backup plan. But then you have to ask yourself, and this is this is something that I try to remind people who are in a little bit of a tough space and, and I ask yourself the question, like, do you believe, could you say that if you left or you stopped doing what you're doing right now, that you gave it everything that you could? Did you actually put in every moment, every ounce, every every opportunity to learn, to to get better? Did you? And, and for most people, the answer is probably no. And so w- if we look at it from a perspective or a mindset, it's, well, I don't have a backup plan. I don't have any other options. So I have to do every single thing I can. And I think that's what puts people in a position where they're, they're the rat in the cage. They're tr- they got to get out and they mm. got to find their way up. And then, you know, there's obviously the components of the why and the how, you know, I had my why personally at that time from a family perspective. And, and the how was now, there. hey, there is a how. You know, so if we're talking about investment, real estate or searching the markets. And most insane thing to me is that everything that you want to do, someone else has already done. Everything, you know, with very few exceptions, like Elon Musk. Sure. Almost everything to a certain point, someone else has done. And so we can quite literally go out and say, okay, well, the how is, is there. Okay. I just need to either pay that person or, or sign up for their program or watch all their YouTube videos or listen to what they have to say, or buy them lunch and dinner and hang out with them for a while. And I can learn everything that they had to do. And then I can just apply that in my version. So this is this is very much like the origin of our show. We always thought about standing on the shoulders of giants. Like that was something that kind of always stood out in our minds of how can we talk to the people that have done or how can we get the word out? How can we have that lunch and share it with as many people as possible, right? How do you approach that? So how do you so you want to learn something? Somebody out there wants to learn how to be a top mortgage broker, how to buy their first investment property how to, I don't know, get bigger muscles at the gym. How do you, how do you approach it? Well, we, we, I mean, in, in my journey in the beginning, it was learning obviously how to excel in my career because that was the one thing that mattered at the time. That was the only thing that mattered at the time. So what I, I hired a coach immediately. As soon as I could, I told you I used my line of credit. I did so that. mentor. I hired, in this case, a paid coach who, because at that point he wanted to be with me for that hour because I paid him for that hour mm-hmm. to sit down with me for that time. And uh, what he told me to do, I did everything. So if he said, you know, jump, I would jump. If he said, call those people, I would call those people. He said, spend an hour a day researching guidelines. Then I would spend an hour a day researching guidelines. Three months later, I hired an assistant because he said to do it. It's like, Alex, if you want to do this, you need to let go of these things because you're actually not very good at those things. We've determined that. So let go of that, right? So the first thing, pay a mentor, pay, pay a coach, pay anybody. Yes, there's, there's- Invest in yourself, essentially. 100%, man. Like we, we hear people talk about it all the day, but that was where it began, right? And there's, a, there's obviously shitty coaches out there, but you got to do your due diligence to do some research and, and find out. If you don't know what you're looking for and you don't ask those people looking, what you're looking for, then, then you haven't set expectations that are clear. And that's your problem, not your coach's problem, right? So you got to be accountable for yourself. So that's, that's the first thing is in your career, that's a crazy thing is there's so many people out there coaching you on how to do it better. So go and find somebody that you love and you want to emulate and you might find you don't like it. You might do something different, but that's okay. At least you know what they're doing, right? The second thing was in, in real estate investing. I mean, I mean, I, I told you my approach, which is unfortunately, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually worked for me in, in some situations as well. 
But it is exactly what you said is you started the podcast purely from a perspective. I want to learn from these guys, see what they're doing. And then I'm going to start applying that because what they're doing, assuming it works, right? So from an investing perspective, if you are someone who's looking to get into the market, have you really gone out and listened to the people who are doing what you want to be doing? Have you talked to your realtor or your broker or whoever and said, hey, have you done this? Or can you prove that you've worked with other people who have done what I'm looking to do? If not, hey, you're an awesome guy, but perhaps our, you know, our goals don't align. There's nothing wrong with that professionally speaking, as long as you have that conversation. I'm shocked that more people don't ask me on a regular basis. Like, hey, Alex, what are you, what have you done? Or who have you helped or whatever? I tell people all the time, ask me this question because I, I want you to find out what I've done so that you can do it as well. Right. So, so that's, that's on the real estate side. And what was the other one? Well, no, I, I just, I, I think, I think you're explaining it really. I mean, it's, it's that idea of like approaching people that have done it. And the other thing I find is people are happy to share with people how they've done it, right? Like people love to talk about how they did it. Absolutely. I mean, we're sitting here today, I'm sharing every, every little thing. And, and, uh, and, you know, the one thing I've learned is that the more you give away, the more people are attracted to you as well. So if you continue to give away, hey, I do it this way, I do it this way. And sure, some people will, you know, go somewhere else and do their thing. But the people that you want to be working with will be attracted to everything that you say and you do. And because you've proven that you can talk about it, they may want to work with you as well in many circumstances. So yeah, I mean, there's there's an abundance of information out there. And, and looking at, we were talking about YouTube earlier today, man, like almost every single thing that you want to do you can find on YouTube. And then you just need to ask yourself the question, do I want to do that or not? Or can I find someone else to do it for you? Like I could tell someone, I could tell you guys, here's how you can underwrite a mortgage application. But do you actually want to spend your time doing that? Absolutely not. No, no, (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) And that's the thing, you know, in our career, what we do is, hey, listen, you can go to bank A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or I can do that for you. And you can spend more of your time trying to determine if that's the right property or investment or situation for you. And I can use the, you know, 5,000 files worth of experience and give you, and I shouldn't say I, my team can give you the thousands of files of experience to say, Hey, this is, this is what we've seen. This is something that works. Objectively speaking, you could do this and achieve similar results if you did that as well. Or you can, you know, drive around for six days and try and see if you can save five bucks a month. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 
One thing that that strikes me is the, and I think it's probably personality, shoot, 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 shoot again, shoot again, go back and figure out why you missed. But that there is a system there. Like, and from what I know of the way you approach everything business-wise is data, analysis, regroup, re-aim, data, analysis, regroup, re-aim. Can you talk about those? Because there's sort of two different, maybe not though. There seems like there's two different kind of personalities. Like one, shoot from the hip, just get going. But then there's also that kind of systematize and make sure that it's being effective. Can you talk about, like, was that, is that a model that was learned? Uh, is that just the way, like, can you talk about how you kind of came to that model? Benefits and uh, and maybe some lesser uh well, what's drawbacks. The, yeah, what's what's the other word? Uh, not benefits? Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably the most impulsive structured person you'll ever meet in your life. So what I had to learn was, okay, so here, what are my strengths? My strengths are, I will go and do the thing. But one of my weaknesses were that I would be doing all the things in all the different ways. And so as part of my coaching and training and learning from people was, okay, if I can harness this by creating structure in these areas of my business or my life, then the magic of doing everything and then analyzing by creating, you know, a roadmap or guardrails around everything I do can really set me free. You know, and so so in my business, some people know me as a process guy, a systems guy, a structure guy. That's true. That's definitely true. But I am willing to continue to try different things over and over and over again. Like back to, you know, the real estate, if we're talking about real estate or investing, there are certain principles and things that I, I know to look for. These are the things that work for me. And then the impulsive side just says, okay, just make a decision, just do it. Like I know right away, like I'm okay, that's, I'm going to do that thing. I can make a decision much easier because of that. You know, I have my, if you look at my calendar, you look at my calendar and I've got every day mapped out Monday to Friday from, you know, the first three hours of my day is mapped, this is mapped out every day. The last two hours of my day is mapped out every single day. I know what I'm doing between 8.30 and, and 11 o'clock. I know what I'm doing between three and 5.30. I know what's happening. I know every BOC announcement. I know what's going on in all these different stages. And, and that protects me against myself. And so for people in my position who have that, that propensity to, to fire first, like fire first person, you have to create structure to set you free. And so I look at it as my guardrails and it's the one thing that allows me to basically stay on track. So what, what are your non-negotiables in terms of your day-to-day work life, but then also your, your personal life? Right, so we were talking about working out when we got in the office here today. So that, that's one thing that there is absolute zero. The exercise in the morning is the one thing that I, I do not debate. I get to the gym every single morning, typically 6 a.m., although I'm trying to push it a little earlier these days. Uh, 6 a.m. start time, feel good, even if it's for 30 minutes, doesn't matter. Just move your body. It just, it just, it puts me in a better space that, that no matter what I did for the rest of my day, I nailed that one thing. I nailed that one thing and I can, I can feel good about that, right? The nature of what we do is it can be exceptionally stressful mentally, maybe not physically. And I, I respect so much the people that are out there doing what they do physically, but it's, it's one thing you have to, you have to do that for yourself because it just fires you up, right? So the first hour of the day, call it is for you. Always. Always. And that's scheduled time. Always, 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 always. And you met, you met, I'm going to reference it, but you met Chewy downstairs, right? Yeah. You saw that bundle of energy. We talked about the poop on the floor. Yeah. All the good things. I know, I know Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's met Chewy intimately. Well, we referenced the fact that I'm going to send you three screaming, like little girl, 
hugs in the morning when they're waiting for food. It's like nothing you've ever seen. It's a bunch of aliens about to lose their mind like they've never eaten before. And uh, it's 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 a spectacle. I hope everyone follows me just to see that. I'll make sure to post <laughs> lots of that. It, it really just, it fires you up. Hey, you know, it, funny point on that. This is going to get off track, but I just thought of this right now. We talked about things from a mindset approach perspective. You know, I said, I said to my wife the other day in, in bed, I was like, you know, I was having a hard day. And I'm like, you know, the one thing I love about dogs in general is every single day when I get up, no matter how shitty I slept, no matter what happened, they're fired up. They are fired up. Like literally yeah. you open up the kennel or the, the whatever and they just run out like, hey, what's up? I'm ready. Yeah. Ah, let's let's have, a, have a good. So if you're ever like stressed out, you're having a morning, like just just think like that. Like, And I, honestly, since I, and this is probably something a lot of people have thought about before, but maybe not. And if it wasn't, it just changed my mornings. It, like this is something You're inspired that I, I, by your, your the pugs. It's, it's, it pugs just inspire me on a daily, one thing after another. So this whole pug life thing gets uh, it's real, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going all in on this. We're going all in. There is no half ass when it comes to, to the pug life. So so that the, the, the daily non negotiable. Do something for yourself. Exercise. Get fired up because you watch your dogs, and 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 get to the office every single morning. Just go in. In in our business, it's so easy. So if we talk about professional business. Oh, I. You know, they get up and they they get in their pajamas and they have their cup of coffee and they look on Instagram and whatever. Nothing wrong with any of those things, but they walk over to their home office because it's that's what most people have these days, especially since 2020 is a home office. And so for a lot of folks, they don't really uh, put themselves in a mental state to start work. Well, even when I was working home that entire year, year and a half, when when we couldn't go, you know, whatever that period of time was, I still got up every single day, put my work clothes on and acted and dressed like I was going to the office. And that, that hasn't necessarily changed. You know, maybe I've got, you know, less less blazers now, but at the end of the day, still getting up professionally speaking, get out there. In my day, I, I told you this earlier, like I hit my always, 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 since I started with the coach, it's always just programmed in my brain. Call 10 people that don't expect you to call every single day. Give them some of value. Don't just call people and say, hey, what's up? But actually make sure that who you're calling, you're giving something of value. And to. like, can you, so when you say something of value, is that unique to that individual? Presumably sometimes it is, but is it like, are you coming up with, you know, what's, what am I talking about this week that provides value? Like, how does that, what does that look like? I mean, yeah, some weeks are very inspired. Like I just got back from a conference. I have to call every one of my business partners in and out of the industry. And I really want to share I distilled it down. I've got these are the three things that I picked up. And I know that this person is probably going to love this one thing. And then I'm going to send them the, to that afterwards. And so you I, you know, naturally, you're fired up. And that can last for like three weeks afterwards, depending on who you're reaching out to and how you're contacting them. from a client perspective. I mean, like, look at what's going on and what's been going on in the last, you know, six months right now, like the economic downturn, people losing their jobs, rates going up. It's not very hard to pick up the phone and call some of your clients from who, who, who did a the mortgage with you in the past and say, hey, how are you okay? How are you doing right now? Like there's there's some people who are having challenges and we've done this for our clients, you know, maybe or maybe not it can help, you know, help you. But if you just call people and say, Are are you doing okay? Then genuinely speaking, they they appreciate that, right? Mm-hmm. In the industry, like if maybe you're running an event, maybe you're you have a podcast that you, hey, like I did this podcast, you might see value in this. Is this something you're interested in? And people will give you their feedback. And objectively speaking, not everybody's fired up to pick up the phone when I call, and that's fine. I, I you can't get offended by that. I yeah. could care less. But if, as long as I feel like my intentions are real, like if, I don't even remember how we got in contact anymore, but... Uh, it was years ago, but I, yeah, I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think but. I badgered you on Facebook for like two years and said, hey, can I, no, <laughs> <laughs> can I come on the show and bring my dog down to your office? <laughs> but I guess, the, and, the, and the thing is, is and you don't know until you start having those real conversations, you can, you can connect to people you never would have expected. Like 
quite honestly, if I had just listened to you, Matt, or Adam based on the podcast, and Matt, you and I only just, just met and Adam, but Adam, you and I have had some great conversations, but I didn't have any predisposed notions of who you are or who you weren't. I just didn't know that, hey, you're really into to fitness and you love having these kinds of conversations. And you're, you know, you're also experimenting with the, the no alcohol thing. And, and you, hey, you, you also have done this support of a friend of ours, you know, Jaden, which was like, oh, we yeah. have all these cool connections. There's this relationship to be had. How can I help you? Someone described me as sober curious the other day, and I thought that was curious. Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> Ooh. Tell me more. <laughs> I think it means I'm not sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I like to talk about being sober. Okay, so here, here's a here, here's something. Um, I love everything you're saying, but I, I wanna I wanna double down on on some of the things. And specifically, I mean, COVID. You said it, like COVID was tough. And when I think back to COVID, there were a lot of people that were, you know, breathing out of a paper bag, wiping down groceries. And then there were a lot of people like putting on their suit and their space suit and going out and showing properties and going on like, you know what, like the world's going to change, but I'm not going to change. So I really think like that. And, and what I want to talk about is more mindset in moments of uncertainty, because we're in this moment of uncertainty right now, which is different from COVID, but still very, it's like the, you know, but the, also terrifying constants. Yeah. It's like, we've been in this state of like, or at least could be terrifying. It, the, mm. Is the recession here is the recession here now for two years. Right. And dealing with inflation, dealing with interest rate increases, dealing with market fluctuations that feel like they're dramatic and, and happen on a moment's notice. Like the market stops and it picks up, then it stops and it picks up. It's kind of the purgatory that's been happening. That's that's hard for a lot of people to deal with. And now, and now, recession seems like it's it's here. And talk about like mindset, like what keeps you going. And, and you had an interesting story, and you don't have to share this story or, or mention the agent's name, but the agent had called you almost in a bit of a state of panic about about the market, and he was very surprised by your level of optimism in your conversation. So can you talk about maybe just maintaining optimism or how you just move through the market at so all times? For a period of time, I was, people who coined me as, uh, some people that I know coined me as the opportunity guy. There's always an opportunity. There's always an opportunity. Alex, you always think there's an opportunity in everything. And I mean, the first thing is you have to, like, it doesn't mean that I wasn't nervous or worried or didn't have any level of concern over what was going on. Let's be honest, like nobody wanted to, everybody was canceling their applications and walking away and had nothing to do with anything. But I mean, this is during COVID. This is during COVID during that yeah. period of time. And and the reality is, is there's always someone that you can help. And so the one of the problems with our industries is that people are always saying, hey, contact people who are looking to buy, sell or get a mortgage today. Well, the truth is, is a lot of people don't necessarily need a mortgage today and or buy or sell. But if you can find other ways to support or help those people, like we talked about earlier, then, then do that. And so how do you remain optimistic? Well, a, you don't give yourself a freaking choice. Like we talked about this earlier. I knew what the pain felt like. I don't want that pain. And it's kind of like permanently ingrained. So there's, there's some negativity that comes with that too. And I can talk about that as well. But I, I think the opportunistic approach is A, what are you turning into? Like what, what are you tuning into? Like what are, where are you getting your information from? And so let's be honest, we were all tied to the news for the first 14 to you know, 21 days, even 30 days while that was going on, trying to understand what, what, what is actually happening because we don't, nobody knows. And, and then it kind of like, there were split paths that happened. You either were... You, you know, scared, like you mentioned, you were not coming out, you were afraid of everything, or you were on the extreme, which is I, none of this is real and whatever. And and I chose something in the middle, which was, hey, I'm acknowledged there's something happening. I'm not going to tune into the what's being said over here. And I'm just going to try and help people and figure out what I got to do. There's always, always, always something and uh, a way to, to help people. And so 
you know, speaking about what's happening right now, what's the one thing? We know that there's uncertainty in the marketplace. We know that there's fear right now. But we also know, like Adam, you touched on this and, and Matt, maybe yourself earlier. We know from a market perspective, especially relevant or relative to the last few years, there are some incredible opportunities. And we know, historically speaking, when interest rates continue to creep up, house prices do what? Generally speaking, they come down. And we know that we've, we've heard the BOC come out and basically TIFF said, hey, rates are painful, but they're not going to stay high forever, which ultimately creates what? Positivity in the marketplace. We know that we live in Vancouver. We've talked about this previously. You guys have had so many people on your show. And, and no matter what the NDP does, there's not going to be enough building to be able to suffice for the amount of people. So we know that real estate is going to go up in value, right? I think we can agree that that's going to happen. Generally speaking. Yeah. 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 So I think being on the inside and looking at all of these different factors has made it really easy to say, okay, well, there is always some type of opportunity out there. It's just a matter of looking through the noise and tuning into what I want to see and not what creates that sense of negativity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, do you spend your day looking through Instagram or Twitter? Twitter's, Twitter and TikTok are probably some of the worst for this. And reading all the negative comments and tuning into the, the sky is falling and, and there's a crash? Or are you reaching out to people that are on podcasts or whoever they're doing it and saying, hey man, what are you doing right now? And, and I'd like to spend my time with you. So I choose to do the latter. And uh, that's why you know a lot of this noise that comes in doesn't really, doesn't really phase me. So if I understand there's uh, it's just essentially, whether we're talking COVID or the moment right now, because social media is especially Twitter, like it's, it's elevated to that level of it's like most of it's just ridiculous. So you just tune it out. It's, right. It, and, 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 the and the people, well, and the people who are successful generally are bears on the market and right. gleefully point out every negative piece of news they can find. So you're just like, I just don't tune in at all. Yeah, I mean, you you see enough. Like, I, I see the the data. I see yeah. the information. Because, I mean, yeah, you have to keep on top of oh, what's day, happening, of the course. Data, but. The data you look at, you read the information, you look at what's going on, you, you analyze what's actually happening. This is one of the things I always say to to a client who reaches out to me and says, well, my dad said it's a, a bad time. My realtor said it's a bad time. You know, I heard it's a bad time or a good time or whatever. Even if it's a good time. Okay, great. Tell me more about why they said that. What information do they provide you that would suggest that that is the case. Great. And then using the information that you have, why do you believe that that is the case? And the answer to that is typically they don't have an answer to that. And it's not meant to challenge someone in, in a you know painful or hurtful way. It's just to say, hey, maybe I should actually do some due diligence. And I say, you shouldn't just blindly listen to anything I have to say either. What you should do is take the information I have and either A, ask me more questions or, or make your educated decision based on the information that I've provided you at that time, right? And I, I tell people just in order to make these decisions, you need to ask better questions. That's it. So back to your point about the social media, what do you spend your time doing? Where do you spend your time consuming? I mean, I opt to not spend any time on Twitter at all because every time I go on, I get frustrated. You see, it's just, it's just a ball of negativity. And mm-hmm. some people, oh, it can be used for this and that's great. So spend your time on it. That's fine. But in, in my perspective, it doesn't add anything positive to my life and I don't need to be on there. So why bother, right? Like you said about Instagram earlier, right? And I, I had the same experience with TikTok. It was like every time I posted something, it was like, hey, you suck. You're a ridiculous mortgage broker trying to sell me a bunch of things and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> oh, you take your dog and, you know, like the cra- they, they say the craziest thing about TikTok, <laughs> man. I'm like, you're talking about my dog? Come on, he can't defend himself on here. Um, <laughs> but in real life, that buck, he'll oh, defend he's, himself. He's, yeah, he'll, he's vicious. He'll, he'll, he'll poop on your, your, uh, in your podcast office. studio. Uh, in your podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, but what you consume is who you are. And so, it, it, man, I, oh, I just want to chill and watch Netflix. Great. There's nothing wrong with that. I watch Netflix sometimes too. That's, that's okay. 
But how much are you doing of that relative to something that's going to put you in a better position in whatever part of your life? You don't have to be a business owner or an entrepreneur or anything of that nature. In fact, you don't even have to invest in real estate. I don't care. But if you think about who you are, it's all it's all down to what you consume. And so I listen to a podcast, an educational podcast, virtually every single day. Right. And maybe some are better than others. That's fine. But the information that I absorb in there helps to, to form and shape who I am. And genuinely speaking, I prefer to listen to ones that are positively focused as opposed to negative because... Hmm. I ain't got no place for that. So, you know, you call me naive. I don't really care. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's happening to a degree, but to the point, I just ask myself, is this, is this a problem that I can solve? And if it's not a problem that I can solve, I, I don't even look at it. I, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like the, it's going to sound bad, but the wars that are going on in, in the Middle East and, and like all to them, like that's a sad situation. Like what's happening there? I don't even know what, I don't know what's yeah. happening. I don't understand. But it. in, but in part, because you, you look at people that it's all consuming, you know, and they're fighting friends on Facebook or, yes. or doing whatever here. And you're like, this is, seems like such a colossal, not waste of time as in like, you shouldn't know what's going on and, and form opinions and all the rest, but the amount of energy where you're like, all right, you're, you're fighting somebody who went, you took a poli sci class 11 years ago. On on is this, Facebook, is this really yeah, is this is this yeah. a useful, <laughs> useful <laughs> use of your time? And that's the question you have to ask yourself all the time. Once you get yeah. in these TikTok battles, your Twitter bot battles, and you, you just look at yourself and you're like, I just threw away a half hour of my time or an hour of my time. What's my time really worth when I could be yeah. spending it with Chewy? Right, much better use of time. But your identity and the way that you form an opinion about yourself is based on a million decisions you make throughout your life, right? Sure. Like, and that's it. It's like the decisions you're making or what you're consuming how you're spending your day. And it just sounds like you're opting to make decisions that will benefit you in various parts of your life. And yeah, and, and here's the thing, man. Like I screw up, I tell everybody, I screw up more than anybody. I, I make so many mistakes. Like it's, you would, you would not believe. But you and, embrace them? Uh, <laughs> or learn from them. Learn, or or learn from uh, them. You no, know, I do. I, I do from a... <laughs> Like, oh my God. Give us an example of the worst. No, yeah, yeah. let's get, we're going vulnerable here. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so, but that's, that's the thing is like, again, how much pain are you willing to go through? But man, like what you absorb is who you are. And, you know, obviously a perfect person doesn't mean you're bulletproof or anything like that. But when I, when I talk or I listen to somebody, like, it's not like you need to aspire to be me or aspire to be, you know, whoever your celebrity or, or, you know, uh, personal icon is, but it, what it is, is just focus on the information that you're taking in and how that impacts who you are, yeah. and who you talk to on a regular but basis. But like the, the idea of each one of your choices is, is a vote for the type of world you want yep. to right. live in or the type of person you want to be, you know, that, that logic basically. The, 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 it's everywhere. Who do you spend your time with? Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Who do you spend your time with? Because there is no more truth than any uh, point about where you spend your time, who you spend your time with is who you are. And that that's undeniable, right? What about having, because you, you said earlier that there's some negativities about having your drive come from a, a place of pain. And, and Gabor Mate, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is telling you to deal with your trauma, probably. What, <laughs> what is the negative? <laughs> so what's the there, negative? Yeah, Vancouverite. He is a Vancouverite. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, what's the, what, what is the negative of, of getting your drive from having that pain? It can only get you so far. It can only get you so far. And then there's a point at which you're probably starting to harm somebody else, but you just don't realize it or you're harming yourself at a certain point because everything you're doing is to run away from something 
as opposed to run to something. So there, there's a point of which that fuel will propel you to a certain point and then and, and either you'll stall, you'll fall apart and or you'll break something else in your life. Myself personally, ignoring a lot of my personal life for a long time to focus on my professional life has hurt a lot of areas of my own life. And that's why I tell people I'm not like an idol or perfect or any of these things. I make mistakes all the time. And that was one of the biggest ones. And it's only been quite transparently in the last year that I recognize that one of the biggest pains that I ever had to deal with as it pertains to business, which has created other issues in my life, because you know, there's like this one stem and the stem goes out everywhere else, was my feelings about, and I've talked finally publicly about this, my feelings about money itself. And so we think about this, what we're talking about real estate and what we talk about, what we do every single day and why we do what we do. And a lot of it comes back to money because money creates time and then time allows you to do what you want to do and it creates freedom or pain or prison or what you want to do. And so there's a point where just recently I recognized that a lot of what I did was because I had the pain of the scarcity mindset, which was I didn't, I didn't think I ever had enough money. And it wasn't that I was rich or, or big or anything, like that, but I just had more of a fear of not having anything because I had been in that place. And, you know, my, my parents put clothes on my back and, and, you know, I went to public school. We didn't have much. We certainly didn't have much. And the mindset was like, collect everything you can. It's got to be cheap. You know, uh, we're going to do the best we can at this point right here. Again, I'm not saying that I lived on, you know, you know, downtown, downtown east side, like some people have it much worse off than I did. But it also put me in this mental space that money was just this awful thing. Like, it's not good. Like, you have to, you have to hold it really, really tight to your chest. And so that created this whole sense. And I didn't realize this, but this started to create all these different pains that I had that, that did and impacted me negatively in all parts of my life, my business. My business people knew me as being quote unquote cheap. But at the time, I was just like, hey, I want to be smart. I want to make sure I have enough money in case something happens. Right. If something, you know, I need six months worth of like what happened to COVID, right? Like, yeah. I, I want to be careful there in my personal life. Oh, you, you know, Alex doesn't, you know, buy everybody drinks all the time or, you know, I'm not saying this happened. People said this on a regular basis, but there were all sorts of comments that occurred from a family perspective. Hey, we, we shouldn't go on this vacation because we need to make sure we have enough money in our investments. And, and so we weren't able to enjoy the things that we did. For some people that might sound trivial, but the pain that it caused uh, was like a spider web. There was effect on everything. So I was running from this pain of not having enough as opposed to running to the pleasure of what can I do or how can I create you know, more? And so the thing about money is, it's as we know, because Canada prints a lot of it, it's very abundant. You just need to determine how you can create more value in the eyes of someone else and they'll trade their money for your time because you've put them into a better position financially or personally, professionally or otherwise. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I, I'm, I'm curious then, so how are you dealing with that? If I understand correctly, you know, you, you've got these feelings of scarcity and, and almost needing to be squirreling away money almost to a, sounds like to a fault that's affecting all. Like, so are you facing that or? Head on. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean... And where are we going for lunch after this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to go... Uh, <laughs> so what... But what it is... Where are you taking us yeah, for lunch? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> is this like a Hawksworth type build that you have? Or is this... <laughs> yeah, you know what? Tell us... Only the best for you. <laughs> anyway, no, but how, how are you taking well, it? Well, it's basically from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, right? Yeah. And it's, it's so it's, and sorry, I might've missed that, but unpack it for a guy that can't uh, think, think of questions and listen at uh, the a, same a time. Fear, <laughs> oh, you're hungry. A fear of not enough to knowing that there's always more. And right. we, most people are afraid that there's not enough of something, which is like, think about the toilet paper craze. 
everybody, there's, there's, I'm not going to get toilet paper. So I'm going to steal eight of these. I'm going to keep them close to my chest so that no one else can get it versus like the abundance mindset of not necessarily, you know, spending all my money on something, but knowing that there's more so that I can enjoy or do these things and free myself up. But it all, it's just a mental game, man, because it changes how you operate. It changes how you think. It doesn't mean that you have to go do stupid things with your money and you can define what's stupid or what's not stupid as whatever you want. But it also changes your ability to, like we talked about investing in a coach, investing in that. So this year I've spent more money on coaching and personal education than I ever have before. And, and I feel great about it because, and, it, I, and I'm certainly not making as much money as I have in the past, but I feel great about it because it's putting me in a better personal, emotional, and just physical state that I know that I can, I can make more money. I can find a way to do something. And I know that there's an opportunity that's out there today just puts me in a better space. So continuously investing in yourself as well is, is something that keeps you motivated and driven. Yeah. And I think back to your question is like running from pain, you know, you can only run for so long. So again, it's, it's like that mindset of, you know, am I running from something or to something? And so before I was constantly running from something, now we're running to something. And what that is can always change. You know, people think I have to have this why, I have to have this big thing. It's okay. The goalpost can change as time goes on. Your life changes. There's nothing wrong with that. But having something to run to and something positive is substantially better than having something to run mm-hmm. from at a certain point. Pain can drive you. How much pain are you willing to put up with to get to your goals? But just make sure that what your objective goals are is something that you, you can feel positive about and you can put that positive motion because the two mixed together are very powerful. So thinking about goalposts moving over time, uh, not sure exactly when this comes out, but it might be the start of 2024. Yes. Uh, we're in the end of 2023 right now. Can we talk about goals, goal setting? Absolutely. Is that like a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, yeah. you know, set goals? So, so my mindset on this has changed dramatically over the last couple of years. And specifically what, what I used to do is what everyone does, scramble at the end of November, spend two days or however much time looking at all my stats, all my information, all my numbers, and, and then making decision, okay, what is my, you know, my 18 page or 10 page or, and it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller as I started to understand that less is more. Uh, but what was my business plan? And, and I've thrown that completely out the window now. I don't, I don't like to do, um, you sure I'll have a, a business goal, but honestly, now it's a, a quarterly uh, update or change and monthly as I need to. Here's my goal, but I'm going to continue to evolve my plan as things move forward. So it doesn't mean I don't have a like a long-term goal, but from a goal-setting perspective, I think the biggest mistake most people make is two things. One, they wait till January 1st, which we all know at this point right now. Why aren't you doing it today? Why aren't you doing it tomorrow? Unless there's right. something physical in your way or something that's stopping you right now, which is understandable, then how do you get that out of your way and how do you start today? Because everyone's in the same space. And we all know the second thing. Most goals, they start and they end by you know end of January if they even make it that far. So instead of making a goal that's going to be for the entire month of 2024, why not set a goal that will get you to the end of the month or to the end of the quarter and just continue to move and adjust, move and adjust, move and adjust? Because A, your life might change, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And B, that's such a long you know, period of time, especially if we're talking about in our business, like look what just happened in the last year. We need to be able to be comfortable to, to set and change. It doesn't mean that big one thing that we're going to do at the end of the rope isn't still the main thing. But what it means is you need to be comfortable with change. So so I've thrown out the big business plan. And instead of that, I have an ongoing work that I continue to evolve. So you've got the North Star, but you're changing it as you go. Absolutely. 100%. And it's worked well for me in, in uh, fitness, in health, and just generally speaking in my business. There's a broker out there that listens to this podcast who's in a 
spot right now where they're probably not performing the way that that they would like to be performing right now and we're going into the new year what advice do you have somebody who is more in your spot 2013 probably in the pain Mm -hmm. well i mean i think the first thing is we we hit it uh, throughout this entire episode everything that we spoke about whether it be what is your pain uh and then we, we just talk, talked about the scarcity versus abundance mindset. Maybe they're in the place right now where they are in their line of credit. I think the first thing they could start with, and it's just to say it as nice as possible, is are you doing everything you can right now? Are you reaching out and asking for support? Are you talking to people who can help put you in a better place? Are you actually coming from a place of helping people or creating value or are you just trying to get sales? Because if I'd say most people might know this in, the, in our business or in the sales business or any performance-related business, if your objective goal is to make money, you're not going to make any money. If your objective goal is to find a problem and create a solution that is the best solution that you can provide, then you will find people who are interested in working together with you. And so if that broker or realtor for that matter is in this space right now, I'd say the same thing. Number one, look at your day and ask yourself the question, how can I optimize that better? Number two, uh, look at what you're subscribing to every single day. Am I scrolling Instagram because I'm absorbing it or am I creating something? So from a tactical perspective, am I creating, am I uh, doing that? Number three, am I communicating with people every single day what I do, why I do it, and how I'm going to help them do it and actually meaning it? Number four, am I reaching out to people to help, to coach me and getting in front of those people or at least absorbing every insane amount of information that's on YouTube, Facebook, and every, like, you don't even need to take a coach. If you're, if you're a person that has good self-control, there's so much data out there. It's mind-numbing. Like, it's absolutely mind-numbing, right? And, and then the last thing is, do you believe? Like, is this something that you want to do? Well, maybe we'll leave it's, it there. It, it's like we uh, sent it to you uh, beforehand, but we didn't. Yeah. That was a and fairly that's, that's, uh, <laughs> comprehensive, and comprehensive yet very clear and concise answer. You didn't come uh, up with that on the drive over. Okay, so <laughs> five wire, five lighthearted questions that we end every show with. And we went fairly deep in that episode. So I think we got to lighten it up here. The five wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, That sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. One book that you've read recently uh, that you'd recommend for our listeners? I'm actually reading a book right now I'm, I'm in love with. It's uh, Jesse Itzler and it's Living oh, by yeah. Seal. Uh, oh, you know what? I I just that. Uh, downloaded that book to listen to, but I haven't really started it yet. Yeah, I'm, since I'm in the middle of reading it, I'm, I'm halfway through it. I, I'm, I'm in love with it. I think yeah. it's a nice combination of, of getting you hyped up, but also some funny stuff in there. And I saw Jesse on stage in the summer and he blew me away. And so... I'd say a, a great read. It's a nice little mix of, you know, kind of entertainment, but also, you know, some tactics and strategy and, th- and learning points too. I actually, I find that guy super motivating. And so it's, it's funny, but I'll actually just search him and then I'll listen to him on a variety of different podcasts being interviewed. Yeah. Because you can't listen to that guy and not be fired up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I kind of feel like we've went over this, but maybe I'll give you another shot at it. In the last few years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Which one? I mean, we we hit we hit a bunch. <laughs> I'm I'm a work in progress, man. I'd say um, I, the last thing that I mentioned, which is the most recent and the most current, 
is the thing that's helping to set me free more than anything else. But I'm going to say something that I didn't say in the podcast so that I've got something fresh here. And that is the power of authenticity. It, it doesn't matter what career you're in and what you do for, I don't know, it doesn't matter if you work really for that matter. The biggest, I think, mistake that virtually every person makes in their lives is the mistake of a fallacy. They try to be something that they think other people want them to be, especially in this world of highlight reels and, and Facebook and Instagram and so forth. And you know, us talking about the, my dog today is is just a small part of that. Being real with you guys is is a small part of that. I I gotta say, just being comfortable of shedding all of the things that aren't me and and focusing on the things that that are who I am. That's it. If somebody listens to this and it helps them to like let go of dressing a certain way, looking a certain way, acting a certain way, saying certain things, then then hell yeah, do that. What have you been binge watching lately, or a movie recommendation? Movie recommendation. Oh man, I'm into the weirdest movies. Like I just watched, um, it's, uh, we're, we're, this is the new year. So can I reference a movie that yeah. was like, oh, all right, fine. Whatever. I'm into, I'm into corny yeah. B movies, guys. I watched Violent Night, Violent Night with uh, David Arbor from Stranger Things. And it's him as a Santa Claus that kicks ass. That is, that is corny and B. That's going to miss your, uh, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> What am I? What am I watching outside of that? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a great one. Somebody out there will. Uh, Somebody will appreciate it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of people who saw that based on the the box office. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a every year for Christmas now at this house. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Favorite band or music? All right. Anybody knows me? My Spotify playlist is as eclectic as it gets. My team will virtually usually they used to walk over and say, "What are you listening today?" Yeah. Oh man, what am I listening to right now? So it's the boring stuff in the office all day is like the lo-fi or whatever, but uh, that goes in straight into like the most deep 90s hip hop you can find into everybody's favorite country artist. Man, I, I don't have one. I listen to all so many different types of music. I'm one of those guys though, unfortunately, that I got to control the playlist as you've told the driver here. Uh, yeah. So so I got to have my hands on the wheel at all times as far as what we're listening to. It's just, you know what you like and you want to listen to it. So everything. And last but not least, something that you have purchased for under $1,500 that's had a positive impact on your life. Well, it used to be under 1500 bucks, but uh, yeah. how you use it is this thing right here. My phone. phone. Yeah. And that's just for people at home, that appears to be an Android phone. It, it is. It is. I take a lot of heat for that, a lot of flack for that. And I've got my <laughs> iPad over here too. So uh, we might be making a switch soon. We'll see what happens. I got the 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 AirPods, the AirPods, and I'm finding they're not really loving each other, so they might get me on the other side. The um, yeah, the truth of the matter is, our phones are the most powerful thing for good or bad. It's insane. Like if you think about it, yeah, I get those weird little thought patterns where I'm like, and I'm no, I'm not on shrooms or anything like that. Just yeah. wow, it's like looking at the moon and say, oh man, you imagine getting up there. Um, sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that this is your gateway into everything, everything connecting with people, sharing information, creating, like it's, it's mind blowing what you can do with, with, uh, unfortunately iPhones now are more than $2,000, but, uh, with your phone, I just upgraded. You know what? I was just listening to something about why Warren Buffett's portfolio is so heavily into Apple stock. And I think that's the logic. You looked at the phone and how people were using it. It was like, I'm tripling down on this, but but that portfolio is heavily weighted, like almost in a way that you wouldn't, you know, is not diversified. It's crazy how how invested he is in Apple. Can you can you think about like all the things that we can do or listen to or connect with and 
and from a business perspective by having a, a phone in our hands and then just think about how people use them for the most part, yeah. TikTok and scrolling and, and all Ugh. that kind of stuff. Like you can change your life in a year by just having like a phone and the ability to figure out how to use, you know, uh, social media or online or connect in any way, yeah. shape or form, whether it's dialing or texting or And you whatever. can uh, change your life with your kids by just putting it away. Ah, <laughs> And maybe we'll leave it there, Alex. <laughs> how can people? How can people find that out was more not about? Supposed to be profound. More, more yeah. about what uh, what you're doing. Uh, obviously, you're big on Instagram for sure. TikTok. It sounds like. Yeah. Where can people find you? Yeah, hit me up. Uh, my personal accounts at the Mortgage Pug on Instagram. Uh, I do have my own podcast, which Adam, you join, and Matt. Hopefully, we'll get there. It's one a great day. one. Uh, the flow state. The different. The, the, where what I'm trying to focus is to help people be, basically create a better. It's relationship money with, and. Money and real estate. Money and real estate. Um, we, we do try to go a little deeper on the money side and uh, help people have a better relationship, generally speaking, with money, but also the tactical stuff in there as well. So so that's that's been a lot of fun so far. So find me on there. My, my company is uh, Flow Mortgage. Get flowmortgage.ca. I'm sure you'll have all that in the show notes so they can Absolutely. click below. Thanks so much Absolutely. for taking the time, Alex. That was a, that was a great uh, beginning of the year podcast. Boom. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you both. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Alex McFadgen from Flow Mortgage Co. Yeah, Matt, and should say host of the Flow Real Estate and Money Show. Which You've been on that show. Twice. Really? Yeah, another episode, I think, went out today. But uh, oh. anyways, no, it's... Uh, I thought it's he was great. going back and talking about the last episode when he posted that. No, no. So uh, another episode just came out today talking about seven ways to find a deal in the Vancouver market. So if you want to check that out, you can you can head over. Alex is uh, definitely a follow on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, it's so wild how active his Instagram account... Like he's doing it right. He's doing yeah, it of the way that people do Instagram where they get very successful. but. It is exhausting watching how much goes into his content. Like he posts, and and when you know what's funny is like I had a beer with him one time in uh, New West. I thought I was with him the entire time. Followed him on Instagram. He, he had se- seven posts. He had in like between. three posts. I was like, he's like, hey, I, 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 you, I, I, I got the next used... round. There's three pieces of content created in yeah. between when he went to get the drinks. Yeah, I thought he used the washroom. Next thing I know, he did like a top five. <laughs> Daniel's in New West. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it, it was like, uh, he's, the guy produces so much he's like C-Bus memes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's incredible. But uh, I don't know. I could never, I said to him, I said, we, we no, are, but I, uh, but here's the thing. You just you could. follow along with his tips and tricks that he just outlined in the episode, yeah, which exactly. I think was phenomenal. So thanks. Uh, thanks Alex for, uh, for sharing the wisdom there for sure. And we're, we're going to have him back. That's, oh, that's for sure. hundred percent. We will. Yeah, for sure. And before we cut for the day, Matt, a couple of things we should talk about. Market seems to be picking up. It is the first week of January. It's kind of a bit of a TBD, but one thing's for sure. Inventory right now is relatively low. That's right. There seems to be a lot of optimism. There seems to be a lot of conversations about rates coming down. It almost seems inevitable. It's so funny. And again, it is still, like you said, to be determined. But I feel like going into 2023, there was the idea that the best deals were in November 2022. Yeah. And it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if that's the case uh, moving into 2024. We're going to look back a month and a half ago and go, man, that was that was a moment. And actually, Melissa on our team bought, literally, yeah. she timed that she perfectly. Timed that. Yeah, she bought she her own place there. And you know what? I think you're, you're bang on. But we've been saying that. And actually, this is something that I talked about on Alex's show, but it feels like 
like this year and last year. And it's maybe not that surprising, but it's, it's, they're almost mirror images. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how, how they, how they're transpiring. But, uh, anyways, we will see and lots of great content coming this year. And if you found this episode useful, informative, please do share it with a friend. That's how we grow. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate people sharing on their social media about episodes of the podcast that they love. And of course, if you want to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to and smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. And also, of course, you can head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our website where all things real estate related live. We have things like the Livewire. This is our weekly real estate newsletter. We got deal of the month. We got stats, different types of stats. Dig into your community or communities you're interested in. Get the sales ratios. Those go out every month. We also have, of course, tried and true private client services. Yeah, Matt. And if you are not using PCS, you're standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Just click buy with us and you can set up your own free PCS account. This is the time to do it. If you are setting your goals, you want to buy a property this year, there's no better research tool out there. And what a time to monitor the market. No kidding. If you want to talk about that or anything else, give me a shout 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And of course, we got that Kokomo line info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We'll have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you back next week with another fantastic episode of Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.